0: Banter on the board with your hosts Matt Middleton and Kevin Rayner. Where the banter is as ferocious oh, as Derek Henry. Man,
1: that man is an absolute beast. Making some massive plays, helping his team to an absolutely huge comeback. Man, wild to see.
0: Absolutely, man. The NFL is always a crazy, confusing place. I mean, everyone thought Philadelphia was going to be bad. They had a good start against Atlanta. Couldn't pull out the win against San Francisco 49ers. Even if, you know, that Jalen Rigor touchdown, if it had been actually not passing or or, uh, holding call on the offense, I would have got that dub, man. And I would
1: have had two in a row, two in a row. I mean Streaks. You're doing better than me, who's just, like, picking things off for the future and hoping for the best down the line, but might be a surprise coming today, Matt, because I think I'm going to make some attempts tonight, today, this morning, actually, let's be honest. It's like like 6 a.m. for me. What am I doing awake (laughs) now?
0: Man, committed to the podcast. That's why we are great friends and that's why i love you man i mean shout out for allison's birthday i know you gotta go hiking later today so i'm glad that you were able to to get here this early early morning for you man. man
1: man i'm just i'm remembering now i'm amped in the future i get to go out in nature milo's gonna come for the hike with us it's gonna be super fun but yeah got up early got her present sitting over there we'll reveal it to her once she wakes up but yeah we're here It's podcast time, and Matt's going to talk to me more about the NFL. I watched a bunch of games this week, Matt. I was there to watch Lamar himself overcome that Kansas City team. No one believed it. I can't believe it happened. Matt wild.
0: you're getting ahead of yourself. I'm going to save that for the game of the week. Um, You know, I gave you five games last week. Again, four out of the five were real tight. That Buffalo uh, Bills-Miami game, I did not expect a 35 to nothing beat down. Uh, Miami has a Josh Allen problem for sure. That guy tears them apart. But, you know, uh, there were some other really good games outside of the top five that I had last week. Minnesota, Arizona, what a wild game Kyler Murray looking like an MVP candidate even though they should have lost that game Minnesota can't get the kicker right he misses an extra point which is the one point margin of victory that they lose by and then he misses a 37 yard chip shot to finish the game that would have won it
1: classic Minnesota my friend poor kicker man one job one job and just unfortunately (laughs) couldn't, couldn't make it happen you get paid a million-plus dollars to make one kick,
0: dude. <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, man. And they never get it right, man. They had a great uh, team a couple years ago and, and lost to a, a Super Bowl-contending uh, Seattle Seahawks. I think they lost to New England that year. Oh. Uh, but in the first round, it was like a, like a 30-yard chip shot. It was even smaller than they had, and they pushed it right. And I was like, oh, my God, classic.
1: Maybe the football gods are, like, saving it. Like, there's a there's a kid who's, like, three years old right now who's destined to be the future kicker of this team to <laughs> get them out of this, like, slump that they're in. But, hey, right now, who knows?
0: Oh, man, one can hope. But uh, speaking of Arizona, after they beat down Tennessee, I guess Tennessee uh, really put their nose to the grindstone this week. They were down 30-14 to 14 to Seattle when my boy Derek Henry decided to explode... 35 rush attempts which is insanity for 182 yards three touchdowns and 237 total yards of offense this man is unstoppable got them to the comeback victory a 33 to 30 ot win
1: wow just wow my friend you feel bad when he's just being chased down and those guys just like can't get to him he's like what's up i'm getting good get out of here i got like it's you kind of feel bad
0: and man if they get close he just absolutely clobbers them Um, speaking of another Alabama running back Najee Harris he had a massive stiff arm on uh, JJ Abrams who is a hard hitting safety out of Alabama himself so crazy crazy stuff Um, those Alabama running backs are built differently my friend built different (laughs) exactly but man we can talk about that game of the week because those Ravens, man, they came all the way back on Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes still did his thing. He had that one kind of awful interception as he's going to the ground. He tries to make a play because, you know, he can make all the throws and all the plays. <laughs> um, but Lamar with a little jump pass here, little run there. It was 24 to, to 35, and I thought to myself, zero chance they win. And then even when they were up 36 to 35 and Mahomes is driving with that ball, everybody in the sports world knew they were going to win, expected they were going to win. And what happened? They gave it to Clyde Edward Hilaire, who fumbled. Keep it in the best player on the planet's arm, man. Don't put it in your running back's hands. You don't have an elite running back. You have an elite QB.
1: I mean, I, I, like so many people, was, like, glued to my screen watching this game. I, I love that you bring up that thought, because to me, I'm watching Lamar have absolutely unreal moments, and as the QB, as the most important player that I get to witness, that so many people get to witness, he had his moments, and did he outshine Mahomes? Because, right, we still watch Patrick do the, the unreal moments that he has, so he can't outshine him, but for them to come out with the win was massive
0: absolutely massive, man. Uh, Patrick Mahomes had never lost to any of the young AFC quarterbacks, his contemporaries. Wow. Um, he had owned the Ravens in the past. Uh, the Lamar even said it last year that Casey is their kryptonite. Huh. Uh, no more kryptonite. No more perfect record against the AFC QBs. Uh, he lost and... Yeah, man, Lamar's looking good. uh, They had that big comeback win. They're one and one now after losing to a good Raiders team. Man, i was surprised how good the Raiders have been this year so far. But they did start two and zero last year, so could be
1: just a sign that they might fall off. We'll see. That's the thing, right? You never know the direction it's gonna go. But like for Lamar, like this is a. A big deal. This is huge for the Ravens, and they had a little success at the end of last season. And maybe this will give them some more momentum, and they might be able to chug along. And I know Matt would be happy if uh, if they're if they're doing good throughout the rest of the season.
0: Yeah, man, I would love to see Lamar versus uh, Patrick Mahomes in the AFC Championship game. I think that would be one of the best championship games uh, we could have in the AFC, um, and it'll give Lamar tons of confidence to get there he has you know some playoff losses in his career he has some big game losses against guys like Patrick Mahomes and so this is definitely a good feather in his cap to to propel him to the next level
1: man oh definitely for sure and then you know Brady over here just sitting 2-0 getting wins left and right the, bro. the man is a legend
0: bro they beat the Cowboys and Atlanta and everyone's talking about their team looking so fire the Cowboys couldn't move the ball against the Chargers and Atlanta couldn't move the ball against Philadelphia and they both moved the ball all over the field against Tampa Bay if they can figure out how to stop Brady Gronkowski and the plethora of weapons that they have I mean they have a chance to, to be knocked off. But, man, Rob Gronkowski taking that year off and coming back like man. prime Gronk. He's leading the league in touchdown catches. He, d- he was saying that he doesn't even watch film. <laughs> he's like, I know Tom watches 40 hours of film a week, so I just come up to him before the game and I'm like, hey, Tom, who's covering me? What coverages are they running? I just
1: run by guys. <laughs> he's, he's just so good. Honestly, he's played so many games at this point and from what i see matt he's just having so much fun he's loving it he's happy he's healthy tom is like yo yo let's go you're 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 open for a touchdown what this is amazing like it's it's been fun to watch the two of them have a little bit of like from their past show up now again
0: yeah definitely man and uh, that brings us into the games to watch next week because Tampa is going to have a real their first real test I believe in the LA Rams Um, that's definitely got game of the week potential written all over it Um, I'm going to be glued to the TV watching that one. Um, We'll see if Green Bay, uh, I know they beat Detroit. They didn't beat them that handedly, though, in the first half. Detroit was kind of leading at half and scored first. They get the 49ers, so that's a big test for them. Maybe they'll be able to crack my top 10 next week uh, if they win. Um, Chargers, Kansas City, you've got you know, Justin Herbert who had the greatest rookie pure rookie season ever for a quarterback against Patrick Mahomes. So you've got the, the two faces of the AFC for, you know, future and they're both in the AFC West. So it's a divisional matchup. Gotta love those just like in, in the AFC North, we've got Cincy versus the Steelers, that defense versus, um, Joe Burrows. I'm really excited to see it. They're always hard hitting matchups. So pretty exciting to see. Um, I think Minnesota needs to win against Seattle. They're going to be desperate, and Seattle's coming off a tough loss against Tennessee, so they're going to want to you know, punch Minnesota in the mouth. We'll see what happens there, and if, if Carson Wentz can play on his double-sprained ankles, oh. um, I think that Indy-Tennessee game might be good. So I'll, I'll give you the extra one there, but if Carson Wentz isn't playing, it's not going to be a good game. Tennessee's going to route Jacoby Eason in Indy.
1: Injuries, man. It's unfortunate, but like that's football, right? It's it's a tough, hard hitting sport. Watching your boy Tua go down. I know we didn't. We haven't talked about him yet. I got to bring him up for you, Max. I know he's he's your boy. He's a young guy, but that rib injury that he suffered, like, unfortunate. Uh,
0: yeah, man. Really unfortunate. Poor guy. Um, and he can't beat Josh Allen. I think they they're gonna have to move off of him at this point. He Ooh. he doesn't have. An electric ceiling and with the QBs in the AFC he's never gonna be a top tier one I don't think um he could prove me wrong but I just don't think he has the arm talent that some of these kids have um but you know arm talent can get you in trouble too look at Zach Wilson of the New York Jets throwing four interceptions four he had like three in his first three pass attempts on Sunday it was
1: bad yeah the that's not a way that you want to be uh, starting at this point, right? Like, people talk about Brady as the GOAT and how long and how far and few between it's been when he throws in TDs or pick six, for example, right? So, like, yeah. he can't be doing that.
0: Well, I mean, him and uh, Trevor Lawrence, the top two quarterbacks from the draft, both have six picks through uh, two games. So they're actually the first quarterbacks to do that since Nathan Peterman. And if you know anything about the Peterman, he had a horrible career poor man. Um, he was very, very picked apart. But you know who else had six picks through his first two games of his career? Peyton Manning. So you never know. It's
1: it's all a coin flip in the end, right Matt?
0: Yeah, I mean, rookie quarterback interception uh, career high, that's Peyton Manning. 28 in his rookie season. And he went on to be probably one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Uh, Some people even think he was better than Brady because of his brain at the line.
1: I mean, the guy is a legend, and he looks to be like he'll be sticking around, you know, the sport of football in the league for a long time to come.
0: Dude, his Monday night football segment is jokes. He's really funny. He makes fun of his own forehead, like, because of all the (laughs) memes out there. Yeah. It's just, it's great. (laughs) It's great television. Him and his brother are doing some funny things on that,
1: on that I show, heard, and I heard when his brother showed up, it became like super, super popular. Like everyone was amped for it. Yeah, man, because Eli's got that New York uh, fan base to, to follow
0: him. You know,
1: <laughs> true, true, true. So the both of them just blows up.
0: Yeah, obviously. Well, man, I got my top ten here. It's uh, the last thing that we're going to talk about for football. I struggled with number 10 this week between, you know, the Broncos and Tennessee. I like what the Broncos have done, but they haven't really played anybody. Um, they beat up on the Jags that last week. So Tennessee had a had a good comeback win against Seattle and against my team who's in, a, in my top 10. But I had to put in the Raiders, man. The Raiders at number 10 against... Uh, the Ravens against the Steelers—they were just too nice, so I had to have them in there. Um,
1: I don't think they're gonna level off.
0: I think those were two of the tougher teams that they play all year, and, and they did well,
1: man. They'll stick around for you then, when you when you get a win like that in the end, it's important, right? It's important for you. So hopefully that'll let them either keep climbing or stick onto your list, because who wouldn't want to be a part of Matt's top ten? I know I would be if yeah, I man. was a football guy. And then we've got Seattle, man. They had that comeback
0: loss to Tennessee, but I think Tennessee's a really good team. Uh, They had a bad Week One performance, Um, and Russell Wilson is still the the highest rated quarterback in the NFL after last week. Um, Buffalo, they sneak back to number eight because they absolutely slammed Miami, and I think Miami's a decent, like a great defense and a, a good roster. Yeah man, um, I,
1: I have to shout out Austin, who went full Charlie on Saturday night so that the Bills could get a win on Sunday. So, you know, proud of him for the sacrifice he made so that he could get an absolute shellacking.
0: Nice, man. Yeah, he went hard, I guess. And yeah. you know what? The Bills went hard for him. Um, Arizona kind of dropped to me. Uh, I know Minnesota's got a good roster, but... They had a poor performance. They should have lost that game, and they arguably could have lost their first game, too, I mean, if Tennessee had actually played well. So Arizona in at 7, and then I've got Cleveland at 6. I have them falling even though they beat Houston because Houston is a bad team, and they were tied until Tyron Taylor got hurt. So... Cleveland, you didn't impress me this week. You kind of fell off. I wish I could put you higher, but I can't.
1: <laughs> Unfortunate, but that's the life that you live.
0: Yeah. And then I, I kind of struggled with the 4-5 here. I think I've got the 49ers at 5 Um Philadelphia looks like a much better team than anybody anticipated. They kind of had that weird collapse at the end. They just took their foot off the gas against Detroit. But I like their roster top to bottom. I think Jimmy G's a a good quarterback, and they've got Trey Lance, the future, just waiting there to pop off. So I think the 49ers come in at five. Um, I've got Sam – or, sorry, not Sam. I've got Matthew Stafford. I was going to call him Sam Bradford and the Rams, Sam but Bradford. Matthew Stafford, <laughs> Matthew Stafford and the Rams coming in at four. Um, they had an impressive win, I guess, against a beat up Indy team. I mean, Carson Wentz almost pulled that victory off on two sprained ankles. Um, so it was a little tough for me to, to keep them in that three spot. The Ravens had to take it, my friend, because yeah. they beat Kansas city. <laughs> I'd like what they did. Um, it was a huge win for them. They're 1-1 now, so that's a, like a decent start for them. Tampa Bay comes in at number two at 2-0. Um, I know everyone's clamoring for them at number one, but you guys, they beat Dallas and they beat Atlanta. Kansas City played Cleveland and the Ravens. Everybody before the year assumed that those were going to be the two contending teams with KC in that division. And yes, they got knocked off by the Ravens, but it was some freak plays. And it was just by a little bit. So Kansas City stays in at number one because Patrick Mahomes, man,
1: he's going to do Patrick Mahomes' things. My favorite part about this is that Matt sticks to his guns because he says that, you know, Mahomes and Kansas City, they stay at the top no matter what. And until somebody beats Patrick, I won't bring him down. And I mean, Mahomes still did what he did. It was just unfortunate that fumble at the end, right?
0: Yeah, man. And I, it's not a standings rankings. It's a it's a who do I think is going to be contending for the Super Bowl at the end of the year rankings. The go. top 10 teams that should be in the playoffs should be pushing and vying for it. Um, so K- Kansas City to me, I mean, they're not going to have a 20-0 season. But heck, man, I, it might even be a good thing for them to lose this early so that when they meet them in the playoffs, they're
1: ready again to play them.
0: I got Kansas been... City, man, winning the Super Bowl.
1: It's going to be exciting when it comes down to the end of the wire. Yeah, man. But that's really it
0: for the NFL this week. Um, I'm excited about next week, man. we got some good games to
1: watch, and uh, I'm good to move on to basketball, if you are. Oh, straight to basketball. I'm into it. I do have to mention before that, because, you know, I've been obsessed with this Blue Jays, this Blue Jays trend that we're hoping for the playoffs. They're slipping. They're slipping a little bit, Matt. You know, the... <laughs> the Red Sox are kind of pulling ahead a little bit. Yankees are kind of fluttering with us, and we've got a series coming up against the Yankees, so it's really important we get that. And I do have to mention the fact that Vladdy himself is coming out saying that he thinks that he's the MVP at this point, and I'm amped. He is as a as a pocket Blue Jays fan, you know.
0: Dude, he's number one in everything except for I think our, our uh, hitting percentage. He's third. Like it's. It's crazy. He is the MVP of the AL, um, and also just a little note on the Blue Jays. They were getting robbed against uh, Tampa Bay. That umpire expanded the zone at the end of the game, and that's what cost us. Like he, the pitcher was throwing balls, and they were getting strikes, and it was it was bad. They were quite upset about it. So, hey man, I think the Blue Jays, if they get in, they could do some damage.
1: I mean, they have a great team, but yeah, that's all. I just wanted to bring it up real quick because I'm loving this trend, and I have to, I have to hope for them, right? We gotta hope. We're fans of the Blue Jays. Me and Matt, we're always wanting more for this team, and yeah, Vladdy's the MVP. But Absolutely. to baske, to basketball, Matt. Let's talk about a couple of things because there's some interesting stuff going on, some decisions being made. But first and foremost, the saga continues. We're going to talk about Philly a little bit more later, but Ben Simmons, it's come out now that he is done. He will never play in Philadelphia in a Philly 76 jersey again. His words.
0: Yeah, absolutely insane. I thought you know potentially he would start the season because right now is not when you trade players everybody has already put their off-season plan together everyone already thinks that their rosters are going to work so why are you trading pieces for Ben Simmons i know he's fabulous but hey man we'll see what happens cuz i think uh that's that's brutal for that franchise. And they're not going to have a great start if he's not playing. If he's just sitting out games, getting fined left and right, they could struggle to start the year. Because outside of him and, and Embiid and Harris, they're a little fit, man.
1: For sure. We'll definitely we'll break it down more later and get into it because it is a massive deal for this organization because they are now absolutely pigeonholed into having to either make some really tough decisions... Or lose games and find Simmons money that he's probably just going to get back when they trade him later from his other team. And also, if you didn't know, Matt, the guy already got a $17 million paycheck from the organization based on the way his contract is done. So I think the man is okay getting fined for a little while, but... I digress, I want to talk about it more later because we are going to talk about Philadelphia let's talk about a team that people still think might be irrelevant, making some absolutely weird decisions according to Carl anthony Towns himself with that WTF. tweet the T-Wolves have fired their president, Gerson Rosas their VP, Sachin Gupta, is going to succeed him on an interim basis and people across the NBA world are kind of confused, but I've heard some interesting things through the grapevine
0: Yeah, man, it's very interesting to allow a guy to to set up your entire offseason to pull all the strings, and then a week before the training camp's open, you're going to fire this man. It doesn't show continuity. It shows you why the T-Wolves are a bad franchise. Continuity is king in the sports world. It takes time to build a championship roster. Ugh, I, I don't
1: like it it's it's unfortunate you know Gerson himself making some poor decisions potentially but moving on two more things Matt before we get into the division breakdown the first is I want to talk about Zion because the rumors are coming out heavier than usual that this man is not happy that in his original rookie injury the rehab that he went through he got to a point where he was experiencing significant tension with his medical staff, apparently, and I'm like at this point I gotta bring this up because Matt, the Pelicans have been blessed in the past what ten years with two yep. first overall picks, and currently it looks genera- Thank you, thank you. But it currently looks like they are botching it
0: a second Again.
1: time on a exact same trajectory with a true superstar in the NBA. Matt, how do you how do you do this twice? It's ridiculous.
0: Well, apparently, because the guy who owns the Pelicans also owns the Saints, they don't spend a lot of money on the medical staff. And a lot of them are actually football doctors, not necessarily basketball doctors. It's a different sport. It's a different muscle group that you're using (laughs) to play basketball versus football. So apparently their medical staff is very poor. I was reading about it back when Anthony Davis was going through all of his struggles. And if you think about it, man... If they had properly managed Anthony Davis, would he be as brittle as he is today? I think they kind of took away from his career, and, you know, watching... Anthony Davis go through that, it's kind of like what Kock and Yemi saw with Alex Galchenyuk leaving, and why he wanted to leave the team. He didn't want that to happen to him. So I think Zion's really pushing that he doesn't want Anthony Davis's career to happen to him. He wants to be healthy, he wants to dominate the game for years to come, and he doesn't know if the New Orleans medical staff can can help him achieve that. So he might have to get to a place where, you know, we have a really good medical staff. I don't know, like the Toronto Raptors, maybe?
1: Uh, that's just a pipe dream. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously it's a pipe dream, but like we've proven ourselves at this point in time that we're willing to take care of players. But man, it's just, it's crazy to me that that this is happening and i I love your little insight there because i feel like i knew that but also like i didn't really research it in but matt the last thing that i want to bring up before we go into this division chat which kind of relates why zion is a little unhappy because he did not want this man to leave when the pelicans trade him away jj reddick officially retiring from the nba after i think it's 15 seasons right obviously he was not happy getting moved to the mavericks because that's far away from his family so he's decided you know what I'm done, I've had a fantastic career I'm going to move on and go spend some time with my fam
0: Yeah man, good for him uh, He's definitely earned it uh, Zion wasn't happy about the J.J. Redick move He wasn't happy about the Lonzo Ball move um, I don't know what New Orleans is thinking man But you got to keep that man happy uh, So, <laughs> yikes
1: Might want to go back a couple weeks When we were talking about the division And you know take New Orleans down a peg Because it's not been good so far But Matt Let's talk about the Atlantic. Let's move into the last Eastern Conference division, one that is absolutely close to our hearts with the Raptors. But quick tip, if you didn't know, we'll, we'll be saving them for last. Matt, I'm going to leave the floor to you. Which of the other four teams do you want to start with?
0: Man, I kind of want to start with Philadelphia because of the Ben Simmons saga. I don't think they're going to have a great start. I think Ben is going to be holding out as long as he can. He said he's willing to take the fines. He's willing to take the suspensions. So unless Adam Silver is going to step in and sanction him to play, I I don't see him playing another game in Philadelphia. And again, um, yeah, they've got Seth Curry and Danny Green and Matthias Theibel, but those guys don't necessarily do what Ben Simmons does. And, I think they're they're going to be a middling team this year if they can't pull off the trade before the season. What about you, man?
1: I mean, all valid points, Matt. I've heard rumors that apparently, even if Philadelphia finds him all of this money, if they eventually trade him, the other team isn't obligated to not give him that money so there's this this really weird situation where Ben thinks he holds a lot of power and he honestly might just he does which is kind of crazy right because philadelphia all summer has like held pat to well we're this is the level we're gonna trade him out otherwise he's gonna play for us we're gonna figure out so it's it's really interesting and and me who didn't believe in philadelphia last year and i was proven wrong because of it but then proven right at the finality you know when when ben had his decision so It's going to be really interesting for this team. Obviously, Joel Embiid is a generational talent and can carry this team to the playoffs alone. We know that for a fact. He's got Tobias as his two and decent enough players around him. But this team needs Ben Simmons at his peak, at his best or what a ben simmons package would get to be able to compete at the top tier with the nets in this type of division so that's why it's such a big deal right doc is really gonna have some interesting decisions to make if he doesn't have ben on the floor and as a raptors fan i'm not upset that all of this crazy stuff is happening but matt the other question now is Would you still want Ben Simmons, considering the craziness? Because while it looks like he is holding this power trip and thinks that he can be a young socialite and do what he wants, he's also in L.A. working hard, and he just wants out of Philadelphia and a fresh start. So, good, bad? That's the question.
0: Well, I think he nailed it right there on the head. It's, It's that he wants out of Philadelphia so bad. So, yeah, he's making this big stink, but... You know, the comments that Doc Rivers made at the end of the playoff series, the ones that Joel Embiid, I'm sure they're regretting it, man. They should have stuck by their boy if they really wanted him back, like they say they do now. I would definitely trade for him. I think he's a very distressed asset, so you could probably get him on the cheap. Um, So, yeah, I I would definitely be happy if he
1: was on my team, man. I mean, I was joking with Austin about how, like, what would I trade him for? And I was like, can I get away with Chris Boucher, Malachi Flynn, maybe, like, David Johnson and, like, a pick or two? Like, that's still a lot for him now. Hopefully it's lowering and lowering. But, you know, Philadelphia's in this weird spot. You know, they re-signed for Concord Maz, which I think is a good, important piece for their team. Danny G re-signed. Drummond coming in is going to be, like, a little weird situation. I don't know exactly how he's going to fit. Uh, obviously, Howard wasn't the answer behind Embiid last year, and so Philadelphia is going to have a lot of tough decisions to make, and the worst part for them is this Ben Simmons saga is not ending anytime soon unless somehow they accept a Sacramento trade because they seem to be willing to just be like, take take whatever you want, we'll take Ben, we want Ben in Sacramento. Yeah, man, or uh, if Ben
0: Simmons for a Pascal Siakam deal happen. But you know, Shake Milton's already rated as high as him, so basically you could just roll with shake milton give us ben simmons for free man
1: oh my gosh 2k (laughs) 2k what are you doing
0: oh man i think that's enough about philadelphia though i think you're right that they've got some interesting decisions i think the Drummond bringing him in with Embiid is gonna mess with the locker room a little bit so uh, i don't expect big things from them i was high on them last year i'm gonna be a little bit lower on them this year for
1: sure okay matt last thing uh, above or below 50 wins for this team this season
0: oh man that's a tough one i would I would go with the slight over I'd say 51 wins um would probably be what they're at this
1: year just because they haven't man, the guy averaged a 30.3 per like he's unreal. I mean, I have them on a 52-win pace for the article that I'm working on. But yeah, let's move on from Philadelphia. Do you want to talk about the Celtics, get them out of the way too. another team that we don't really love in this organizational group?
0: Oh man, it's because of everything that they do to us. But they've got the Time Lord, who is probably one of the most key pieces on this roster that we don't talk about. Um Tatum and Brown. I like Smart. Peyton Pritchard had a fabulous rookie season. I Agreed. mean, the guy shot over forty percent from the field, from three point, and he almost shot ninety percent from from uh, the free throw line. So yeah, man, really impressed with him. Um, I think Boston's going to be a good team, man. I think they're gonna they're gonna figure it out, and they're not going to be at the bottom of the the playoff race. They'll be in the middle to upper tier of that Eastern Conference this year.
1: As this off season has gone on, and I and I've looked at these teams a little bit more, especially the Atlantic Division, which I've been trying to really break down myself, while Philadelphia has been falling, the Celtics, unfortunate to my feelings of them, you know, they've been rising because I do like a lot of what you've said and a lot of what they're doing. The question mark for me comes with if Ime Udoka can step into this roster. And be the coach that they need, because while Brad Stevens has been unreal and has been one of the true chess match opponent coaches in the NBA for the past few years, Ime's a seven-year vet. He is relatable as a black man to a lot of the stars and players on this team. And it's going to be really cool to watch them come together with a fresh start, right? Like, a lot of people always say that a new coach gives you a honeymoon phase, and when you have a superstar in Jason Tatum, surrounded by good, talented pieces, Matt, the joke I'm going to say is if they can get their center rotations figured out and have Time Lord plus Horford really work, are they the Raptors, but like a lot, a lot better and already at their point to be competitive? That's the cool thing about the Celtics.
0: Yeah, they've got a very great roster. I think Horford and Williams will solidify that center spot, which they've been kind of hurting at for the past few years. Um, it'll give them you know, each half a game to really play that position because if they use Horford in the power forward spot, I mean, they're just making the same mistake Philadelphia did. I think he's 100% a center. They've got Taco Falls there too and Enos Cantor, so we'll see what they do there. Um, I love Jalen Brown. I had him on my fantasy team last year, and he was a great player. He had a 484 shooting percentage from the field, and almost 397, almost a 40% from deep. Um, I think he had a breakout season last year, and I expect him to keep climbing. Him and Tatum as uh, two of the wings that you're going to build around for the future. Um, you add in Smart in there, who's great on defense and can catch fire from deep when he wants. I mean, this this is a good roster. It pains me to say it, and I don't want to see them do well. And but, like you said, man, they're probably
1: like the souped-up version of the of the Raptors at this point. Uh, they're they're us in like three four years potentially. Hopefully, but hopefully. I mean, yeah, that, in terms of win percentage, right? Not in terms of being Celtics, right? But yeah, it's it's interesting, and I, and I like your points about about Jalen, right? Because I think injuries hampered the potential of his true like personal record-breaking season that he had for himself, and I look at the roster's additions and subtractions, right, and obviously Tristan Thompson didn't work for them, and and Kemba was injured and wasn't the right decision, so I, I I also think about how Evan Fournier might be missed, his shooting and playmaking potential could potentially be a big deal, and Sammy Ogilvy was a fan favorite, so he'll be missed, but picking up Bruno Fernando as a potential future center situation is good. Chris Dunn, a player that hasn't been getting a lot of minutes and rotations in the nba could find a situation considering they've brought in dennis Schroeder as well we don't know what their guard rotation is going to look like, but what does it matter when you have tatum right like you can have a guard situation that needs to shoot you don't need them to be as ball dominant as as some franchises right and absolutely the celtics they've got a lot of good talent veteran people who have played in this league for a while and I could see them being the Philadelphia of last year to myself, where I didn't exactly love them, and they came out, and they it all clicked, it all came together, and they showed up, and they had a great winning percentage by the end of the regular season. Yeah. Uh, man, that pains me to say it. <laughs> uh, and then the the old trash
0: of the division that is now on the rise. Everyone thinks they're going to do well this year. I actually kind of think they're a fringe playoff team. I think they're going to take a step back. I know they added Kemba Walker. I know that they added Evan Fournier, but man, I don't know if the Knicks are going to really be that dominant team this year. Uh, Julius Randle had a season for the ages last year um, averaging 24, 10, and 6. He was... He was great, but I don't think that he can be the true superstar on that team. And RJ Barrett, man, everybody rags on him for his three-point shooting. The guy shot 40% last year from three. Like, if he can fix his defense, if he can get, like, a little bit bulkier, a little bit more athleticism in his hops, I think the sky's the limit for this kid.
1: The Knicks are a lot of coin flips, right? It's just like kind of like you take a handful of coins out of your pocket and you scatter them across the table, and some of them are going to come up heads, and some of them are going to come up tails. Because I love the RJ comments, because I think he's been continuing to improve year after year. He puts the work in. He's realized that, okay... My draft class, a lot of people are shining at it, but I'm kind of the forgotten man at this point, right? But I think that he has potential in a couple of years to take those reigns and be a leader for this team, but he's not quite yet there yet. And Julius, he has to kind of have a bounce back after the playoffs he had, and will Kemba be good? Will he be great? Will he be decent? We don't really know will what he his... Will playing? Will his injuries be able to like actually allow him to be on the court? Like... The Knicks have a lot of question marks at the end of the day, and they don't have a lot that changes, right? Like, they apparently got four new draft picks. I'm not going to name all of them. I do like Quentin Grimes, the guy they picked up at 25, but he's also a project, so he's not going to be relevant now, but he could be relevant in a few years when RJ starts to hit his peak, for example, right? So the Knicks are teetering right now, and I like your comment about them being a potential fringe playoff team because they've got to make some decisions based on how their season starts out of what they can be because I mean obviously the Knicks are relevant right now and you can't deny that at the end of the day
0: absolutely they're relevant man uh with Mitchell Robinson hopefully healthy for the full season Obi Toppin taking hopefully another step in his development um They Emmanuel quickly had a good rookie season, but everybody's all pumped up about a guy who shot under forty percent from the field last year. So as good as he is, you know, he's gotta improve that efficiency if they're gonna really take the next step. Um, and I think he's gonna have less opportunity behind Kemba and Derek Rose and Evan Fournier in that guard rotation to really prove what he has. And so we'll see. I, I again I'm gonna stick by the fact that I think they're gonna make the playoffs as like an eight or, or seven seed but
1: I don't think they'll be hunting for a top four or a uh, home court advantage in the playoff spots. I mean, I think you've nailed it there. I think that's the, the end of the Knicks for us right here on this conversation because, unfortunately, that's just the fact of the matter. I mean, until we know more about what they're going to do, about what they're going to be, we can't prove if what they did last season is going to be relevant You know, 50 days from now once we're into the season. So for me, I'm pretty happy saying that the Knicks are relevant, but they have to keep showing it to stay that way especially when you look at this Brooklyn Nets team that has a big three that can dominate dominate day in and day out as long as they stay healthy right
0: ah dude Irving Harden and Durant all averaging like Harden averaged 24.6 last year uh Irving and Durant averaged 26.9 identical um Irving with the 50-40-90 season that just quietly nobody's talking about because he missed some games um, and he was kind of a little bit of flake um, but not one of them shot under 45% from the floor and not one of them shot under 36% from three which is wild. They each have purrs up to 25 so yeah I don't know if you can beat this team and then you add Blake Griffin who's healthy um, I like Jeff Green, I like Joe Harris, and they've just got they've just got the talent, man, to easily beat any team in the NBA.
1: I'm sorry to say Matt, but Jeff Green is no longer a part of this team. What? Yeah, he he's, was he's gone, but guess what? They brought in Patty Mills, so it's not gonna be a problem. They brought in DeAndre Bembry, our old boy, who hopefully will find minutes in this rotation. Yes, Jeff Green will be missed. Spencer Didwiddy, who wasn't playing, won't be missed right? They obviously, they also traded Landry Shamet, who I think played like 30 minutes all season, maybe. I don't know. I didn't see him in any of the games that I was paying attention. And Matt, they have five, sorry, five new draft picks. How did Brooklyn end up with five draft picks? Now, you know, three of them are, you know, second rounders, and the other two are 27 and 29 in the draft. And I like Cam Thomas, and I like De'Ron Sharp, but You know, they're nobodies right now because we care about the big three. We care about the relevancy of whether or not Brooklyn can win a championship. Because Kevin Durant might be the best player in the NBA right now. He proved himself last season off that injury that he can come back and be relevant. A lot of people weren't sure. But the guy had something like 500 days off. If Clay Thompson can come back with the amount of time off that he's had as well and be even 35% 35% of, like, healthy in the way that Kevin Durant has? Like, I mean, that's Gold State. We don't have to talk about them, but I... I'd say I 85. 85. is a... There you go. You know, I went way too low. But how can you bet against this Nets team if they're healthy, right? That's the question mark, unfortunately.
0: And at the, my biggest concern last year with them is kind of like what the Clippers were the year before. They didn't play together. They were never on the court together. Duran only got 36 games in last year, um, and it wasn't always with Irving and Harden. They were all injured. They all played under 50 games. So they're going to have at least one season of chemistry under their belt. They proved that they pushed the eventual champions um, in the Milwaukee Bucks to seven games. And if it weren't for a toe (laughs) over the line or a Harden injury here or an Irving injury there, they probably would have won in their first year, which is
1: wild to think. They would have won. Let's be honest at this point. The power in terms of shooting, playmaking, star power, at the end of the day... We've, wa- we've watched a lot of basketball at this point, you and me, and we know that when, when you turn injuries off, the superstars win. It's just a fact. Uh, fact of the matter, you know, LeBron built super teams. Jordan had t- quote-unquote super teams when there wasn't an era of super teams. Like, Pippen and Rodman, man, come on. <laughs> when, you're, when you're happy, when you're healthy, and you're at the top of your game, you're going to win, especially when you get seven games to do it in the playoffs. That's why they play those games at the end of the day absolutely and man they're just so so stacked
0: all of them can create their own shot all of them can make that extra pass and then you've got a sharpshooter like joe harris just kind of slinking around out there i think their roster is it's not deep but it doesn't need to be deep because they've got all that top tier talent i mean three of the top what seven Eight players in the entire NBA are on this roster, so yeah, I I would pick them to win the NBA championship this year. Um, if I was a betting man, I'd put all my money on them right now and pray that the injury
1: bug doesn't strike. Let's also not forget that Nash is leveling up as a coach. He is into his second year. He's going to continue to improve. The conversation between him and his superstars is going to get easier. I mean yes, exactly. Like this team is going to be the question of can they push over sixty wins? That's that like Easy. if if they're healthy and they play all their games, if Kevin Durant plays sixty plus games, how can yeah, you say I, they I, wouldn't?
0: I see sixty five wins in the cards for them um, if they all stay healthy, and I would even say that's a, a little bit of a low ball if they all stay healthy, my friend.
1: Man, if they win less than fifty five games, I will be shocked. I'd be shocked shock Shock. alright well this puts us at a great place Matt it leaves us free to talk about the Raptors for a little bit because our boys are probably the most controversial question mark team we're going back to Toronto which Matt and I know is going to be huge being in the 6th for these boys is massive we have one of the best franchise fan bases in the world regardless of what sport you're talking about and this is the time the official start of the new era of the Toronto Raptors. OG, Pascal, Fred, and the young studs are about to take over the NBA.
0: Absolutely, my friend. Uh, I think we do have a much better chance of making the playoffs this year. We were the only team in this division to miss the playoffs last year. And this is kind of why I'm, I'm taking some wins away from teams like the Knicks. Uh, teams like the Celtics, teams like Philly, they were coming into... A Tampa Bay barn where they probably had like 50% of the fans in the crowd. And so the Raptors weren't getting that home court advantage. They paid, played 72 road games last year. That's not going to happen again this year. Um, I think OG is going to be a lot more involved in the offense this year. They're going to have more plays and sets for him because we did lose Kyle Lowry. Gary Trent Jr. is going to have a bigger role and he. We saw what he could do with that 44 point game that he already had as a Raptor van Vliet with a 50 pointer. So we've got some, some great top tier talent. And if Siakam's three point shooting can positively regress to what his averages are, if he's actually like a 33% shooter, as opposed to a 29% shooter, man, I think we're good. I think we're a playoff team again, fringe, but definitely a playoff team.
1: Mm it's it's very true and the thing about pascal for me is a lot of his struggles came from him saying that he didn't feel like the guy right and when i break into that i think to myself how can you ever feel like the guy in any moment when you're playing not in your home you don't have a true fan base behind you A lot of our guys live off the crowd. They live off of of how that makes them feel, and that's why Scotiabank is such a dangerous arena to come into. I'm amped to watch that man, to watch OG, to watch the rest of them come back to Scotiabank, to get cheered on by the fans, to remember that energy of why they, part of the reason why they love playing basketball, and the fact that we bring in a guy like Scotty who has. done unreal things in the past few weeks since he has been drafted to show the fan base alone how much he cares the Tribune article, like the Players Tribune article was unreal to see his passion come out through those words paying attention to his TikTok I think about even our other draft picks with Delano Banton, the fact that um, Precious Achima is the first Canadian kid drafted to Toronto, which is kind of crazy to think about, but Precious is going to come in and going to be really important with our big rotation and apparently the dragon's gonna play and i mean as much as i don't love it because i want our young kids to have those moments if drogic plays 40 games with us they're gonna be positive moments when he's on the court because he is a veteran talent that is very very good at basketball
0: dude i'll take you back two years to that heat finals run he was integral he was one of their leading scorers throughout most of that playoff run Um, I think our biggest issue last year too besides playing 72 games on the road was our center position. We came in with Aaron Baines and Alex Lenz slated to be the top two centers. This year we have a known commodity in Chris Boucher who was Six man of the year potential last year. The guy had a 21.9 per and like shot 50% from the field, 38% from deep as a long, lanky man. We found Kem Birch, who's going to help solidify it, and Precious Chiwa again. I think we have a much, much more solid front court this year than we did last year. We won't have to use OG and Pascal in the center spot anymore,
1: as which much. is going to
0: be. Uh, yeah, I don't think they're going to use them as much, maybe like for a couple minutes here and there, but that's when we want to go ultra small because I think we we actually have some bigs and I I'm firmly firmly entrenched in the fact that we're going to be a playoff team. We might have to fight through the play in here, but I honestly think that that's that's where we're going to be. So I I'm think pumped.
1: we have I think we have potential to struggle out of the gate when we figure out who wants to do what who can do what but for me, the fact that we have a championship caliber coach in Nick Nurse, I love that we can say that about him because it still is a true fact I the chess match in the bubble between him and um, Brad Stevens will forever in my opinion be one of the greatest best of series that I've watched in basketball from a, just a coaching standpoint for what the two of them did so I'm going to love to see how You know, Nurse can bring Scotty into the rotation. I can't wait to watch him play real NBA basketball with how dedicated he is. And yeah, watching Fred get to be the the full-time PG, really. Watching Gary get to actually come in and shoot his shot when he wants to. Pascal's going to hopefully feel like the man, and and OG is getting another year to step up. And we don't have center problems, potentially? But How are we not a play-in team, right, when you just put all of that on the table, if it all plays out? Well, I love
0: what you brought up with the Nick Nurse, Brad Stevens, because Brad Stevens, like you mentioned, is has been one of the best, uh, you know, coaches for for moving chess pieces around and, and playing that game. And Nick Nurse arguably outcoached him even in that series loss because the talent disparity between our roster and their roster cool. in that series, the fact that we got to Game Seven and it was tight, like. That's all Nick Nurse putting people in the right position to do the right things, allowing his players to play through struggles and mm-hmm. pushing them to be better. I mean, why why would you doubt Nick Nurse at this point? So I'm pumped about our team, I'm pumped about our chances. I don't love the fact that it's probably gonna be a purgatory draft pick if we don't make the play-in. <laughs> um, you know, it's not going to be a top-four pick like it was this year with Scotty. but hey, man, hopefully we got our stud of the future. We've got OG Anobi, Gary Trent Jr. Um, those guys are going to be, like, the next Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Vliet, Norm Powell kind of situation, and hopefully Fred can take over that Lowry role as, like, the leader of it, and, man, we're building towards another championship. Uh, you know, Masai said it himself, this isn't going to be our year, but hey, we're pushing in the right direction,
1: that's for sure. Uh, That's that's it, right? For me, it's all about fun basketball that we're going to get to see. We lived through the pain that last season was in tampa bay the tampa bay Raptors are no more last season there were five teams in this division and one of them no longer exists the toronto raptors are back in this division so you know we've never missed we didn't miss the playoffs last year that's the joke i'm gonna say but (laughs) honestly i can't can't wait to see you know the future of this team in the rest of the season give me raptors basketball i want it yeah man raptors basketball back in the six
0: um where most people you know we bought an eighty. Percent vaccination rate out here, so they're gonna try and do full crowds because as long as everyone's vaccinated, why not? So they're gonna have a rockin' building, hopefully, and uh, I'm pumped about it, man. I, I'm I might go see a game this year if I can.
1: I mean, why not? Apparently, I'm pretty sure I've been looking through the news that, that Calgary, my city, is going to be putting in like a, an actual passport mandate because, you know, my government won't do it over here. So, I, Allison was reading about this yesterday, so I'm kind of amped because it sucks for the businesses. But I, that's that's a conversation for another day, Matt. We're here for basketball, but I think we're done with basketball,
0: you know? Yeah, I think, I think we can do some uh, Mystic Predictions hot takes. Um, I've got... The Las Vegas Raiders, man, sticking in my top 10 with a good win over Miami. I think two is not going to play this week, and I like Jacoby Brissett, and I like that that team. I just think Derek Carr has been on a tear. they fixed the pass rush, and the Raiders are going to be 3-0 after three weeks, and everyone's going to be freaking out.
1: Man, Raider Nation will be hyped to be up uh, 3-0 to start the season. Matt... I'm going to join you in the world of NFL this week. I'm going to take two teams that are currently sitting one and one Matt knows which one that I'm going to root for. He somehow supports me, even though I've turned myself into a, maybe a crying fan for the next few years, but Washington and Buffalo, they're going up against each other this week, and the Bills are going to take that momentum from last week, and they're going to crush the Washington can't come up with a new name football team. <laughs> hey, man. They have a good roster. That defense is solid.
0: Taylor Heineke played lights out against the Jet Gi- or the Giants, but again, it's the Giants. I think the Bills have a better roster. I think you're right there, man. Bills taking it home
1: this week. But let's go
0: Don't sign up for Buffalo Fandom, man. <laughs> Buffalo Fandom
1: is nothing but pain. Ask your boy Austin. <laughs> oh oh trust me, he knows. I-, I watched him drown his sorrows before, you know, Sunday. But that's that's also a conversation for another time, Matt. Anything else this week?
0: Nah, man, I'm I'm pretty sure you're good
1: to wrap us up. Perfect. Well, thanks, everybody, for being here. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Board Sports. Like and subscribe if you're listening from YouTube. And check out theboardsports.net for new episodes and blog posts.
0: And we'll talk to you next time.